bring it back. Here's what you've missed on the bright side. I gotta say, things are about to get a little bit crazy, but in a good way, because we have quite the guest for today joining us and wrapping up our special sports week here on the Bright Side, co-founder and ITW instructor, four-time Olympian and Singapore's swim queen, Jocelyn Yeo. Hello, welcome back. And joining us over the next two hours, co-hosting with me, Jocelyn, how are you feeling? Welcome back. I am alive. I'm I'm just happy to be able to wake up and make the show today. Hey, I'm also happy that huh? you were able to wake up and huh? make it for the show. But I do believe it's a very very busy time for you, yes, right? Extremely. You know, because the previous time you came on, you talked about this really really great uh, company that uh, you and Ting started, Into the Wild. My kids have gone for the programs. I want to go for the programs. Um, is that what you're busy with at the moment? It is. We've had back to back camps the last few days. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, um, my kids Kids are having school holidays, oh, and so lady, I can relate. It is just full been on. packed full days. Yeah, we're talking about really back to back to back to back, and then mm-hmm. front and then back and then <laughs> exactly and upside down. Yep. Did That's you right. ever get a chance to sort of like take some time for yourself? Did you go traveling even with your kids? Yeah, which, we did. Yeah. We did. We went. We went um, straight after PSLE results came out. Wow, it's really like yep. got a really the planet tight, 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 tight. Exactly. Oh, yes. Uh, so I did a little trip to Taiwan. With my kids and that was pretty fun How, what did you do where did you go I'm super capo yes yeah oh <laughs> man it was like a whole road trip but my okay. Chinese is really bad so I had to go with a family that could speak Chinese hey Nola I think yes. in Taiwan they're really the people there are so hospitable they've they're got so such nice. warm hearts yeah. they they try to you know if mm-hmm. they they feel that uh, you might be struggling with mm. speaking Chinese they really try and relate to you and, and a lot of them do speak English it's as true, well it's true. but yeah. Google Maps is in Chinese it's a problem Yes. What do you? Oh, it's in the road signs are in Chinese. Uh? Oh no! When I get there and I turn on my Google Maps, it turns to Chinese. Eh, I cannot I, even read it. Huh? Yes. I I didn't know that that mm. happens. That is a very important travel hack that yes. you're sharing with us right now. Yeah. And there's no way to sort of like there's turn no that way. around. I couldn't switch it. Alamak. So I had to match characters when I'm driving. I had to match. This is the exit. Oh, this looks like the same character. We are exiting here, guys. Oh my! You drove. Yes, you rented drove. a car and you drove. I rented a car and I drove. Yeah. Very quickly. I mean, we should be talking about your sporting career <laughs> and all that. But uh, I'm really intrigued. Is it easy to drive around Taiwan? Actually, it is. Besides it is. <laughs> Google yeah. Map going Chinese on you, huh? Yes. So I drive a little bit slower, so I have time to match the characters and exit at the right place. But ah. other than that, actually, it was fairly easy to drive around, and I'm really glad I did it. You know what? We need to talk about this for our bright side travels in the hour of nine we'll hear more about this incredible taiwan trip i am learning so much even in this few seconds but let's get started i want to know this i mean everyone you, you the moment you say jocelyn yo it's like ah swim queen <laughs> not just like you know national swimmer but swim queen how did you get to, into your sport you know i was like five when my parents <gasps> started me swimming like like learn how to swim when i was five years Whoa, old five. which i think it's actually quite late given that a lot of kids start as babies right now, right? And so I only learned how to swim when I was about five. And um, I, I guess I just had a very natural flair for it. And I think when I was eight, the coach told my, my mom, you know, right, your daughter, she can swim. Like, she can swim, you know? So was your mom and registering so, it? Did yeah, she ever so, think of so like... So she was like, yeah. I, I think you should put her in a, in a, in a club program. Okay. And so my mom did that And you know She was like Alright give her a chance You know See what they can do And so actually not, not just me Me and my brothers We all got into a club program And we started swimming I think it was uh, Three times a week 
Holy um, moly. And then I just started from there. But, you know, to jump from like learning how to swim and maybe, you know, you're just enjoying the swimming lessons, you know, mm-hmm. meeting your friends with your brothers as well. Suddenly it's hardcore, you know, very, very structured, three times a week sort yeah. of training. Did you like it? I mean, it's okay, right? Did, it's okay for a kid to say like, yeah. actually, I didn't like it. But then, you know, I was very disciplined. So actually, what was it for you? I, lo- I loved swimming. I loved swimming. And like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, even the three times a week, it was fun. Like, it would be tiring, but it's fun, right? I think as a kid also, you have a lot of energy to expend. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't, I, I did not hate it. The only thing I did not like was the cold water. So uh, I yes. used to I was a really skinny little kid And when I When I got in the water In the morning I used to swim for like Two hours And get out And still be shivering Really? Yeah Lips would turn blue And my coach had to pull me out And be like Okay you're too cold Sit here and drink some hot Milo Oh my goodness mm-hmm. That sounds really really rough yeah. Quite intense as well Even for two hours yeah. Still shivering yeah, and three times a week. We were talking um, on uh, Facebook as well as our YouTube about what do you love about the sports? Can you share with us once again with our listeners online as well? Yeah, I really enjoy being in the water. I enjoy swirling the water around and I'm very competitive. And so, you know, that's something that, that, that swimming offered me, right? It allowed me to be very competitive and mm-hmm. it also allowed me to just be in a in a medium that I just felt I was so comfortable in, you know, and, and I just love that. And so, like, um, how do you, I would say, like, how do you, were there any, any times during uh, this long career with swimming that you ever felt like a dip? How did you bring yourself back up or you had no problems? Because, like, you really had this pure love for it. Yeah, I think... You know, with as with anybody, I think that at, you get to points where you feel very low and you don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm and many, 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 many of those times I wanted to quit. Um, actually, the first time I quit was when I was 12. Yes. And I think, I was what, is it burnout or? No. So I, when I was 11, I made my first national team. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 12, I, I was my second national team. I went to the SEA Games. And everybody was saying like, you know, she's going to win like a whole bunch of gold medals. And and I came back with two silvers mm-hmm. and three bronzes. And I got slammed by the newspapers, you know. They were like, oh, she, not, she didn't do well. You know, she performed below expectations. And there was just all this stuff that was written about me. And I had a really hard time with that because I was only 12. And I think and it was really unfair. Yeah. Very unfair and so for I them think, to say I that. I think that I... I got to that point where I told my mom, I said, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. And, and, and I quit. And I quit for, for, for a couple of months, actually. But I think that's good. I think you needed to, to step away from it because mm-hmm. it was unfair. In fact, you know, we, we spoke to like um, UK Sham, also mm. a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he says what, you know, the public or even the papers don't realize is that the amount of training it takes to just even get your first appearance mm-hmm. at a big international competition, right? Yeah. And then for them to have these kind of expectations is really, really unreasonable because mm-hmm. you are totally dismissing all the effort that went in just to make an appearance there. Mm-hmm. So did you feel that way at that point? I did. I, I feel I felt that was very unjustified and mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, these people don't even know the number of hours I put in yeah. a training. And I'm only 12, and this is my first SEA Games, and I, I've come back with two silvers and three bronzes. Which I think it, is really it, great. And it was not good enough. And so <sighs> I, I, I quit. I quit, you know, and my, my mom couldn't talk me into it, mm-hmm. but she got a coach yep. uh, that I had been training with, mm-hmm. uh, and he was based in Hong Kong at that time, and mm-hmm. he was Australian. 
he flew down to Singapore wow. to talk to me because okay. he really believed in me and he said, you know, and just kind of helped me to see that, you know, I got to do what I love doing. Right. You know? Forget what everybody else has to say. Sure. Don't let them dictate my life and go for what I really believe in and what I enjoy doing. And so that's how I got back into it. Two months later, <laughs> hey, that's actually not too bad a break. Two months, I would, I would, mm-hmm. if I were you, I'd take longer. I know, yeah, I know, but I was twelve, you know. I didn't know. I, I really, I'd only been swimming at a club for not that long, actually. And I okay. just, I think initially for me, part of it was talent, mm-hmm. and part of it was enjoying the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got back into it, you know, uh, I, I was one of the fastest in Singapore. And I mm. saw there was a lot of expectation put on me. And for me, being a very introverted person and having mm-hmm. a lot of public uh, uh, scrutiny, a lot, yeah. of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of public wanting to understand what I'm doing or what, yeah. why I'm performing like yeah. this, why I'm not performing like this. You know, what's, what's up with my life? Yeah. That was really hard for me. For really anyone, hard. and I yeah. and I'm just shocked that you, at the age of twelve, had to go through that. And you know, even though, and thankfully, you had this coach, and your mom had the uh, great idea of actually getting someone you trusted to come mm-hmm. and talk you back into it. It's not that easy, you know. You come back because it's always weighing on your shoulder what had happened two months ago, right? With yeah. all the criticism, mm-hmm. and you know, as much as we all know we're supposed to block out what other people think, just focus on what we want to do and what we love. It's mm-hmm. sometimes hard to block out. Love. Yeah, you yes. know, you yes. know. And sometimes they don't let it go. You know, oh. I, I think when I was about twenty, when I was twenty something, yeah. I was still swimming. I was twenty something, and I had a reporter that came up to me. And by this time, I'd made my peace with the media. You yeah, know, sure. and we, we, we 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 were on good talking terms. You know, and this this guy came up to me in front of uh, the then. Uh, uh, DPM Go Chok Tong And he says okay. You know um, So when you get to the SEA Games Are you going to like Ignore us And like not give <gasps> us interviews And I just turned to him And I said Buddy That was me when I was 14 I'm already 20 something Like Don't bring it up again Like let it go You know Like come on Let's move on That's Let's talk true, about something uh, else eh. And it was almost like He was trying to like Corner me with With, with you know With um, uh, With Go Chok Tong there And I felt like Dude, why are you doing this? You know, he was like let way, it go. Come yeah, on. putting you on the spot yeah. quite badly. And uh, you know what? I would have to say it just looks bad on him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because like you said, that was before. And I think what people need to appreciate is that you know, for sports men and women, all the athletes, right? This is tall order. Already training so hard for your sport mm. requires all those hours, all that effort. Yeah. And then you are subjected to things that maybe you're not prepared for like media interviews you know dealing with the media how do you present yourself that's a whole nother ball game okay that's a whole nother ball game I don't know if it did really you, is. yeah so yep. I feel like wow the reporter come you tell me his name off a <laughs> so we were talking earlier about throughout your sports career what are some of the challenges that you mm. faced how did you face them and one of the things that I was asking you was you know when you're top of your game even locally and all that to maintain and to push yourself to excel further is actually quite difficult a lot of sports people talk about that difficulty how did you deal with that i guess for me what i did was i put myself in environments where i wasn't at the top you know so i would on purpose would, on purpose wow. so i would go train with a club where the swimmers are faster than me 
um, where I was, uh, you know, as they would say, a small fish in a big pond, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to a big fish in a small pond. That's a very, very mature sort of thinking you had. And I'm sure that was really, would you attribute it to that kind of mentality that really helped you excel in your sporting career? Yeah, definitely. I think that, that the approach that I took was that, you know, I always want to be getting better and I always want to be learning from somebody and I always want to be, you know, spurred on to to be like that other person who's mm-hmm. faster than me, who's better than me. And I would even talk wow. to my competitors, you know. Sometimes after we race, I'll be like, hey, that turn, man, you totally schooled me on that turn. Like, wow. how did you do that, right? Like, can you teach me, you know? And 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 they used to teach me. And then they would ask me like, hey, you know, how do, how do you do this? How do you do that? And and so we teach each other and we learn from each other. And even if we're competitors, mm-hmm. you know, from different teams. And I think that helped me to get better and that helped me to realize that you know um, that there's so many people that we can learn from in life you know we don't have to have this kiasu kind of attitude where it's sure. like you know me I'm only for myself and that kind of attitude but right. if you embrace like even your competitors or people who are better than you and you can learn from them then you get better and, and to me it's always like look that's just try to be the best that we can be and on the day and we get up to the blocks and we race then let the best man win you know I'll teach you what I know you teach me what you know and like you know and then let's go for it right so you were doing this even at the international meets mm-hmm. and like who are these uh, you know superstars from overseas that you would learn from do you have some names well I don't I don't I have I have I have many different people that I learned from is the thing it's because every race that I swam it just depended on who was in that heat with me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so I went to actually many different people and um, I think one of the things that I learned about swimming overseas and, yeah. and competing overseas is that there is a certain culture um, where we were happy to teach each other stuff and learn from each other okay. like that um, and that was not a culture that I saw in Singapore and one of the things oh. that when I came back yeah. uh, was something that I wanted to impart to the national team Okay. and so myself and my co-team captain at that time yeah. Ernest Hill like the two of us you know we we talked about it and we were like okay this is what we're going to do and this is our goal for this team is how can we change the culture and have everybody learn from one another and so we as a Singapore team can get stronger and we can get better and you were already seeing it for yourself just mm-hmm. by doing it at that you know that very basic level just that one person approaching others learning yep. from each other mm-hmm. i would say that takes real confidence because you know the idea of not wanting to share is because mm-hmm. you don't want the person to be better than you right exactly but if you are always pursuing excellence you're confident in what you are uh, able to do or able to push yourself to achieve yeah. that's real confidence you're not afraid of knowledge, uh, knowledge sharing yeah exactly oh, yeah eh. I did not know this about you. <laughs> and that's a really great lesson, I think, for all of us, our bright side is myself, to take into our everyday life as well. So we were talking about life lessons that you have learned through your sporting career. Mm. Um, the one that really stands out to all of us, I think, is number one, you always say knowledge sharing is really, really important. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you become better at whatever you do. And uh, also what I noticed is that you actually very purposefully take yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah to push yourself and you're applying it to life right now you're teaching it to all your what do you call them your kids not kids but the little campers for the Into the Wild programs that you do run we call them our rescue squad rescue squad because you rescue them them? to be our rescue squad to rescue you next time exactly (laughs) 
Yes. That is hilarious. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about Into the Wild in just a bit. Uh, but now I want to ask you the question. You and know? talking about comfort oh, yes, zone, yes. I really do enjoy pushing myself out of there and like you know how they they always have this saying right like lifelong learning and it's 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 such a thing but i really do believe in that i do believe Mm. that you know you don't you don't learn all of life skills all at once and you don't have to you know and that's why i say psle is not your lighthouse right there's so much more because you go on in life and you're constantly learning that's true it's okay what you know exactly yeah there are a few lighthouses why won't you have one exactly have a few I decided ah. to um, ah. to learn my learn how to, to take my motorbike license when I was like forty. Eh? Hey. Yeah. How because, was that? Because I was like, dude, why not? You know, right? Like, let's do something out of my comfort zone. It was like COVID, like after you know, just after COVID or during COVID or whatever. And I was like, let's come on, let's do something. I'm like stuck at home. It's so doable, I did it. right? Doable. I wanted to do and it I too. I got my two A already. Eh? Hey. Yeah. Are you going further? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That you can then, then you can do like time. a Harley like ride overseas yeah. as well. It's quite exactly. a fun like you know travel thing to do. Yeah. I was telling. I think also because my husband knows about my driving ability, oh. So I say, eh. Hey, I want to do like my motorbike license. I've always want. I vision mm. myself as you know that girl on the little Vespa with the wicker basket <laughs> behind, right? And then I'm just cruising, you know, and there's like all that you know chill out music in my head, right? Yeah. And I'll be like, buongiorno, ciao, buongiorno. ciao bella, buongiorno. But then my husband said, I think don't la. Now my now I can say, hey, Jocelyn Yo did it, okay? Yeah. I may not be Jocelyn Yo, but everybody I think was about half my age, but you know that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the class. The guy said, "How long y'all have driving license for? Huh? Just passed. Just passed. This one just passed. Uh, this one ten years. Raise hand. Fifteen years. Raise hand. I think mine was about twenty, thirty years. I have been driving. Huh? Ah, but see, no offenses. Uh, no, no traffic offenses. Exactly. Ah, did you did you manage to squeeze mm. that bit in? Uh, no, yeah. I said I I know when the green light is going to turn green. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to wrap up the sports interview part of having our sports personalities on the bright side. What changes would you like to see for the future of the sport of competitive swimming here in Singapore or even globally? Um, I think uh, I, you know, at least for lo- local local swimming, I think that we are definitely on the right track. You know, I used to. Uh, volunteer in the swimming association mm-hmm. and uh, oversee the sport of swimming and I think that while I was there for eight years mm. um, myself the president the team the exco I think we put in a lot of changes that uh, have set in motion okay um, the things that we want to see so for example long-term development in mm-hmm. swimming you know not just um, the people at the peak you know putting putting in place uh, very transparent criteria and so so everybody's very clear what the standards are to make a team mm-hmm. or to you know this and that and not having any kind of grey area you know that's um, great putting in place policies uh, systems and structures that allow for that development and I think um, that's one thing bringing in the right personnel and the right people to, to do that mm-hmm. you know training up local people uh, local coaches local technical directors local you know, local people that um, can then take the sport to another level because, you know, your expats, a lot of times they come in and they have their experience and they have that knowledge, yeah. but they're not going to be here forever. That's and true. so one of my big criteria was always for them was passing on that knowledge to our local, uh, the local people living here. And right, I think right. that 
um, we've set a lot of that motion in place right now. And we're, you know, even um, where our head coach uh, for the national team always used to be an expert, mm-hmm. we now have a local coach who has the knowledge, who has the experience, who has that ability, you know, to take. Uh, to bring our next gold, our next medalist, our next Olympic medalist, you know, up from Singapore, and so I think that some of those things I feel I've already put in place um, through the eight years in terms of wow. setting things in motion. Uh, I would love to see, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more of that knowledge sharing, yep. not just amongst swimmers but amongst the coaches, because I really ah. believe that you know a coach has such a great amount of influence that. You know, one coach can coach a hundred swimmers, and yep. that influence that they pass on to them, you know, that trickle down effect is great. You know, and so if we can bring the coaches to that level where everybody is willing to share with each other as well what they're doing, you know, what are the the types of training or the training methods they're doing that's working, you know, yep. and sharing with each other, I yep. think that uh, we can really push the sport up to another level. My goodness, I'm getting excited to see you know what the future holds because you've put all this, you've really gotten that ball rolling. So it's about sharing knowledge, it's about getting out of your comfort zone, and you know what? This is the final takeaway: lifelong learning. That's what I'm learning from you right yeah. now. Hey, hey, hey! Very good morning to you, and uh, we still have our dear guest, co-founder and ITW instructor, four-time Olympian and Singapore swim queen, Jocelyn Yeo. And in this hour, we're going to hear from her about a trip to Taiwan. Uh, some of the really, really incredible things that she has learned this year. She likes to take herself out of the comfort zone. And uh, in the new year, some very interesting causes that she's actually eyeing. Uh, but uh, thank you so much, Jocelyn. You shared with me about how you really love our traffic updates. Yeah. Eh. I really got to thank you guys for eh. giving us traffic updates every day. You are welcome. You know, it's so helpful, you know. Ah. Yeah. How? Because <laughs> I, ha- I happen to have to travel at times that it's always uh, um, peak hour. Okay. And so okay. I'm ve- I, I, I always need to know which exits to take and you know oh. which road is going to be jammed. And uh, a lot of times, even if I got no choice, uh-huh. and I have to take that, that road or yeah, that yeah. exit. Yeah. At least I'm mentally prepared. Eve, yes. thank you so much for sharing that it's because huge. we're always you know curious to know how our listeners are consuming the content that we're sharing. Mm. And you know, Nowadays is an app for everything, so but it's yeah. good to know that uh, you actually rely on these traffic updates. I do because you know sometimes when I'm driving for an hour ah. and a half, you okay. know from place to place to place to place to place. Okay, oh, who's got time to turn on the app? I just turn on the radio. Okay, like for you, cause you, my friend, mm. I give you voice note next time. Oh, special yes. traffic update. Yes, I'll be like, hey, Jocelyn. Mm. Uh, now, uh, if you're here, uh, mm. watch out for this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Great. <laughs> We're having all these great conversations off air and you just mentioned to me about how in your pursuit for excellence in competitive swimming, it actually forced you to grow up a lot faster and you related a very, very, my goodness, inspiring story about how you ended up at a very young age overseas because you couldn't find the right sort of coaches or training here locally. Can you share about that? Yeah, so I think when I was younger, when I was 12 already, I found that um, it was very hard for me to find um, swimmers that were better than me here and a coach that could take me further. And so I used to go overseas, you know, for a month at a time or three months at a time to go and train. And that's how I got to know that Australian coach who actually Ooh. brought me back from quitting sport. Yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, then I think when I hit 15, you know, I decided that, you know, I can't, I can't 
just keep going overseas like you know every now and then it was not enough and so uh, I made the big decision to actually move overseas um, when I was 15 to train with uh, people that were faster than me and train with a, a coach that could take me further um, wow, so at for at 15 and so I stayed in the boarding house um, for a year and then I moved out when I was 16 and um, stayed on my own in my own apartment Goodness and gracious! Paid rent and cooked for myself and had to clean my own house. You really had to grow up fast. I did. Yeah. What I find amazing is that at the age of twelve, you just mentioned you already felt, you know, instinctively, it is not enough. I need to seek more, and you went ahead and looked for it mm-hmm. overseas. I mean, mm-hmm. that really takes a very special someone who's really passionate about excelling in their you know sport that they love yeah. to do that because a lot of us are like can I just go and you know just yeah. uh, whatever there is you know I see that that attribute in you in Sham who was on the show earlier also in Beatrix who was here yesterday they push themselves to find more they always believe there is more out there you mm-hmm. know and they want to learn from the very 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 best best, best <laughs> to actually just like become better right yeah. that's incredible yeah. So, and, and what do you remember about that time? I mean, is there anything that you regret doing or that you really, would you do it again? You know, honestly, it was not easy. I think to go overseas at such a young age and have to kind of fend for yourself, Yeah, um, it was hard. And actually, the reason why I only stayed in the boarding house for one year was because um, the lady who was in charge there mm-hmm. was racist. And oh. it was really, really hard for me. And I got to that point and uh, I was also at that age where you know that independence like wanting that independence and wanting sure. to stand on my own two feet and i and i told my parents nope like i i can't stand for it i cannot live in a house where this lady treats me like that purposely yeah. because of my race right and, yeah. and, and 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 i wouldn't stand for it and so i'm like i'm moving out i um, wow yep. that's amazing because i don't know if yep. a 15 year olds would have that kind of drive and just be very clear minded about what you are willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept that's incredible yeah Gosh, and I can see, you know, as I chat with you now, that sort of like very clear focus and that sort of attitude is still present in you and it's keeping you going strong and for the better. Amazing la. (laughs) I tell you, at 15, I'm like, huh, move out, do my own chores. What? (laughs) I don't think I'm ready. I'll never be ready. You you are never ready. You are never ready. Joining me, Lavinia, here in the studio is Jocelyn Yeo, four-time Olympian as well as Singapore Swim Queen. And right now, we're going to ask her all about her brightside travels. So you told us that recently you did a really epic trip in Taiwan. Uh, It involved a convoy of three cars because it was like a self-drive holiday. Um, Only my car was self-drive. Ah, then the rest had drivers. Had drivers. Why didn't you do that? Um, Just get dry in Canada. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, for me, it was partly it was the cost. And so. Oh, but um, I, I like yeah. driving. I got to yeah. say, I like driving. Exactly. So, road trips, I love it, you know? Yeah. So, I'm happy to drive my own car. Yeah, I like driving my own car uh-huh, too uh-huh. because I, I, I don't like, I, I, I get motion sickness. And so, that that's helps also another when reason. You drive, I don't yeah. want to be, you know, like feeling sick all the time mm-hmm. and not really enjoying the holiday. Ah. And so that was also one of the reasons why I decided to self-drive. Okay, so it was yeah. three cars. Three cars. Five adults, ten kids. Yes. So you joined by two families and yep. my goodness, that is quite a rowdy bunch. Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it was crazy. Every day it was just counting the number of kids and making sure we had everybody with us. <laughs> 
that's hilarious. Okay, so everything was fine. Nobody got lost. Would you say that because uh, you drove your car, is it easy to drive around Taiwan? It's actually fairly easy. Um, I think that um, the road signs are clear. Okay. Um, everybody on the road, um, you know, kind of gives way to everybody. So very courteous driving. It's very courteous driving. Ah. Yes, there's um, there's sort of a, a culture where everybody, you know, is aware of what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difficulty I had was that my Google Maps became Chinese, which is so weird. And I think if you're if you're okay with Chinese, it's it's you you can figure out which exit you're taking. But sure. for me. I had to match the characters, and the um, characters are different now uh, because it's the old style Chinese, right? Oh, it didn't matter because <sighs> it doesn't matter whether I couldn't read it anyway. So I was just matching characters, <laughs> you know. It didn't okay. matter it's old or simplified. I just yeah. I just matched the characters. I'm like, this is the exit we're taking, guys. We're, well, you gotta we're going be super fast about the matching, oh. you know. Oh no, I look I look far ahead. <laughs> I look far ahead. I'm like, here, oh. this one, this one. What was one thing that you did on your Taiwan trip that was really something you would recommend everyone else doing? Um. Hmm. I think one of the things that we 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 really enjoyed we we enjoyed really uh, two uh, well a few what what the, almost everything that we did we really enjoyed. Okay. We enjoyed the hot springs. We really fun. liked that. That was fun. We kind of got a little private like hot spring thing. And the kids was, took to it. Okay. Oh my goodness, they had so much fun. It oh. was such an experience because you you cannot imagine that this is like natural hot water coming true. from I don't know where. Right? Yeah, yeah. True. And that was pretty cool. Um, we did oyster picking, oh. and so we got on these little old oyster carts, and it take us out into the you know the little farms, and then we get out there in our big muddy boots. They give us boots to wear, uh-huh. and then we go pick oysters, and then they literally barbecue it for us on the spot, and then you eat it warm. Oh wow! It was so fun. The kids had fun like like picking the mud and like doing all that, and um, uh, we were holding like um, live eels. Say what? Eels. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's like, oh, oh, I, I, I know. There's an eel over here, and he, he picks one up, and then all of us are like holding it. It's like squirming in our hands, and that was wow. pretty fun. I don't know if it's possible to even hold an eel because I've seen them. Then they're quite slippery as well. Very slippery. Wow, yeah. it sounds like a really, really great trip. So yeah. you know what? I think you're inspiring all our listeners here, our brightsiders. Hey, Taiwan, put it on your travel list for 2024. And joined with uh, four-time Olympian and Singapore swim queen Jocelyn Yeo, and I can tell you what Visco wants, what she's always been doing, pushing herself out of the comfort zone. You love to learn new things, just to experience as much of like everything and new things. Yeah. This year itself, you did something very interesting: glass blowing. Mm. What was that like? Oh my goodness, it's harder than you think. I'm sure. I'm, I'm awesome. I thought, yeah, I can do this. I got big lungs. Come on, bring it on. Bring yeah. it on. With all your oh swimming, my right? Goodness. I blew and blew and blew. I almost had veins pop out my face. So it wasn't a glass bottle or, or something that you made. It uh, was no, a, we ended up making. Uh, I ended up making a, a stirrer, a glass oh, cup. Okay, okay. glass <laughs> cup. Not bad. Uh, not bad. Not bad. Yes. Are you using that glass cup? I actually now? am. Eh. It's pretty cool. Eh. Yeah. And you did this here in Singapore. I did it here in Singapore. Yeah. Oh, where again? Uh, did it at a place called Tombalik. I know them. Mm. They do a lot of all these sort of like crafting. They've got woodworking. I do yes. believe like you can make your own uh, table chair. Yes. I think yes. even a chopping board. Quite nice yes. also, right? Yes. Ah. They've got lots of stuff. So are you going to carry on with this in the new year of 2024? Is there something mm. new you're going to pick up? A new yeah, skill? So 2024, I think I'm looking at doing my uh, advanced scuba diving license. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. 
Um, I would like to do some uh, bushcraft uh, courses just for personal interest. This is about like survival, is it? In the yeah. wilderness. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah, wow. making traps, like different types of traps Trap. for, you know, for food. Oh, for food. So, food and survival. Like, um, not just traps. but Can trap children? You know, like <laughs> my son. Because I tell you, sometimes those fellas, uh, they get up to all kinds of nonsense. Really yeah, know. and I think the last thing I'm looking at is um, knife making. Oh my god, that is so yes. cool! Yes, yes. So yes. really, like making a knife from scratch. Making a knife like from scratch. Like we would see, uh, you know, them yes. hammering the, the metal, hammering and the forging and all that. Yeah. So, so I've, I've, I did one very basic one before, but I, I think I want a little bit more instruction, and you know? I, I'm looking to do that again. Wow! Mm. And you can do that here. Yes. Also at the same place, or yes, at the same place. Yes. Wow. Say okay. Yeah. That has got me really interested. I never knew you could make your own knives. Okay. It looks yeah. like 2024 is going to be a very, very busy one for you, Wang. Mm. Like day. Busy. Okay. Busy. Well, you know what? If you guys want to get to know Jocelyn, I think you go and take up the knife uh, making cause. Hopefully, it's the same one. And there you go. You have a chance to be in the presence of Singapore's swim queen. You know what, guys? Thank you so much for making this very special Sports Week feature a great one. You know, with you chiming in with your questions, with your comments. I hope you enjoyed it as much as you did. Weren't our sports personality guests so much fun? They are an amazing bunch. Really inspirational and just so good to have a chat with. And I think we had a really, really great time sharing all that they did uh, as they remained inspired for their sports, for life itself. You can catch all these interviews via our audio app. Download it right now. It's free for you to do so and free for you to enjoy. A-W-E-D-I-O. Now, before I hand over to Shan for the music mention, I just want to share with you that I'm going to be with you for the last two days of 2023. I'll be here tomorrow as well as on Sunday. Uh, so come and tune in. For Saturday, I'm taking over Sue's shift from a 3 to 7. And for Tim's shift on Sunday from 6 to 10. So I'll I'll be counting down the last few hours of uh, the year of 2023 with you. And I'll be back here on Monday on New Year's Day itself as uh, we spend day one of 2024. The Bright Side with Carol, Lavinia and Shazad. Every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 1FM 91.3.